Welcome to the Learning To Podcast, the podcast about the Learning To Global Events, a conference for teachers by teachers. On this podcast, you will enjoy stories about Learning To, as well as core reflections on the many learnings that have resulted from our events. Welcome to the Learning To Podcast. My name is Kim House. My pronouns are she and her. I want to first apologize for my voice today. I have a cold, so this is not how my voice usually sounds. It's usually not so froggy. Um, today we're going to take a look back at a Learning To talk that really left an impression on me. It's a talk that I've shared as a way to provoke conversation amongst educators and one that I really feel still holds relevance today for anyone looking to tap into what motivates students. But before we dig into that, we've got a little bit of business. Hot off the presses, Learning to Asia is coming back this April, April 2022. So if you are curious to learn more about how you can attend Learning to this April, you're gonna wanna head over to learningtoasia.org. We're gonna have the link to that in the show notes um, so you can learn all about this incredible opportunity to connect with inspiring educators as part of Learning to. Now, let's jump into the talk that I said I'd like to revisit today. This is from Nikki Hambleton, who spoke at Learning to Europe in 2017. Her talk is titled, The Magic of Motivation. And it's a topic that continues to resonate, especially as educators are digging into UDL principles and continuing to shift towards personalized learning and really investigating what motivates our students and engages them. So join me in listening once again as Nikki takes the stage. Hello, everyone. J.K. Rowling had stopped believing in her story, having been rejected by so many publishers? And what if Walt Disney had stopped creating when he was fired for having no imagination? And what about Eddie the Eagle? What if he had stopped believing in his dream of Olympic glory in ski jumping? But they didn't. Why is that? Well, it's because they're passionate about what they do. It really matters to them. And they were determined not to give up. But what if you're not passionate about something and you still have to do it? What then? How do you motivate the unmotivated? As parents, we might have offered extra pocket money or taken away privileges. And as teachers, you might have given rewards or punishments. But according to Daniel Pink, these carrots and sticks just don't work, not in business and not in education. And if you really want to stick at something, you need to be intrinsically motivated. It's autonomy, mastery, and purpose that drives us. But what about the individuals, those unmotivated ones? This is Luca, a fun-loving guy who loves music, art, and gaming. But as a typical teenager, he's often distracted from his work by playing games with his friends and watching wrestling and dodgy videos. <laughs> but he was facing some challenges with his cognitive skills. But this was really frustrating him. And like most of us, we benefit from extra support and feedback. 
So I showed him a little app called Peak on my phone, an app that levels up your brain, using games that challenge and motivate you to build skills in focus, memory, problem solving, and mental agility. Very soon after a little bit of time practicing, he was progressing and improving really well, and this was having a really positive effect on his cognitive skills. Further up the school, the fun element in education often gets lost and curriculum takes over. I know. <laughs> this is Piers. He's a creative thinker, musician, filmmaker, and no surprises, a gamer. He would spend days editing a film, practicing for hours on his guitar, and perfecting his skills in Euro Truck Simulator. <laughs> yeah, Euro Truck Simulator, it's a game. Anyway, so he's not so motivated when it comes to revision. Surprise, surprise. He has one month to go before his final IB exams. He has offers from university to study filmmaking. So he has the purpose, but has he got the drive? He uses Quizlet and flashcards to revise. So how can he motivate himself to revise the monologues of Hamlet and molecular biology? So I showed him some visual notes as a way to map his thinking. And he started to try out some of these himself. You see, mnemonics, narrative, and songs really help us to remember. And adding visuals to text and connecting new learning really helps to retain memory. We are so much more motivated when we have freedom and choice. So what if we could have more autonomy in our own learning? This is Richard. He's a keen sportsman, plays football. He's a little bit overweight with high blood pressure and a bit of a weakness for beer. <laughs> Richard. It's true. Um, he uses the app on his watch called Activity, and this uh, tracks his runs, distance on the pitch, and general health and fitness. And just like Peak, it gives him regular feedback in terms of sort of small, measurable progress, and this then motivates him to improve. Unfortunately, unlike Richard, I'm really not motivated by competition and leaderboards. In fact, I'm much more likely to swap the gym for a packet of Maltesers. <laughs> but I am engaged by games, passionate about visuals, and driven by small amounts of progress. Now, I'm not the most fittest of individuals. But in order to try and keep myself hydrated, I use this cool little app called Waterminder. And it visually reminds me to uh, drink throughout the day. I know it sounds ridiculous, I don't drink enough water. Um, but it visually shows me um, how much water I've taken each day. And then it does this cool little sound um, where it audibly reminds you. Well, it sort of does this. <laughs> um, and it, it just reminds me to drink more water. It's so easy to forget. Um, and then just recently, I've been introduced to another app called Zombies Run. Oh, some of you know it? Okay. So Zombies Run 
Um, clearly, it's about running, and I'm not a runner in any shape or form. However, this app is, is really fun and engaging. It has a story that takes you through your walk or run away from zombies, um, and maybe it's the motivation I need to get fit. It's really good fun and quite scary. Um, now, all I need is somebody out there to develop an app that will gamify report writing. <laughs> Let's hope somebody can. So how about you motivate the unmotivated? Could technology be the magic trick you're looking for? Understanding what drives us works, as it did for Luca, Piers, and Richard. And the reason I know this works is because these three are not just anyone's family. They're my family and my motivation. And what I see in my family, I see in my students. And every day is an opportunity to drive them to motivate themselves, whether future blockbusting screenwriter or regular seventh grade guy. Get rid of those carrots and sticks and try some motivation magic. And who knows, maybe it won't be game over for you or your students just yet. Thank you. Wow, such a powerful message from Nikki. I would definitely recommend jumping down to the show notes to watch Nikki's talk as she uses her amazing skills as an artist to help deliver her message and the visuals are really quite powerful. I got in touch with Nikki and I asked her to reflect back on her talk and see how her thinking may have changed since 2017. I'll let Nikki introduce herself. Hi, I'm Nikki and it's been, wow, nearly five years since this uh, L2 talk on motivation. I'd kind of forgotten how powerful the message was, and watching it again, I feel quite nostalgic, not having been to conferences or face-to-face -face workshops for such a long time now. And whilst watching it, I guess I realised how much the visuals helped me at the time to remember the words I wanted to express, and how knowing that the images would be there to help me remember, it made me feel less anxious about being on the stage. Being a, a bit of a, an introvert, speaking in front of lots of people um, on, a, on a big stage like the L2 stage is, uh, is pretty daunting for, for anyone. And I felt that, that stress and anxiety. I, I remember it quite well <laughs> back in wonderful Poland um, and everyone was incredibly supportive and believed in me that I could, I could remember the words and, and, and be authentic in presenting. It's quite funny looking back, seeing my kids looking so much younger. Uh, Luca's about to graduate now um, and he's in the same position as Piers was at the time of the talk. Piers is now in his final year of university. Yeah, no surprises. Uh, Richard still uses the app to, to track his, his health and, and his runs um, and he still likes beer. <laughs> Sorry, Richard, again. So reflecting back on your talk, um, what are your feelings now as you listen to it and look back um, at the message from 2017? 
One of the biggest messages, I suppose, that I wanted to get across was that it was really about trying to find that thing that would engage and motivate you the best. It's not the same for everyone. We're not the same. And different approaches work for different people. Both my boys are are quite different, yet similar in other ways. And Luca now really likes to use mind maps, just as Piers did at the time, to help him capture the information he needs to learn to revise and retrieve. Uh, for his exams. He's got his mock exams approaching and motivation is still pretty difficult. He's incredibly dedicated to music, yet I've still not found a way to tap into that to help with his physics or maths revision. You mentioned several tools in your talk. Have you found anything else that you gravitate towards now for motivation, organization, engagement? Being five years since uh, the time that I did the talk in Poland, obviously apps um, have changed enormously over time. So it's quite interesting to think back to which apps have sort of stayed uh, with the times and and ones that I still use. I still use a water tracker. I use a different one now called Hydrate. And I've got this amazing bottle. It's quite expensive, but it's really amazing. So it lights up when it wants to tell you that you haven't drunk water according to the amount that you've set on the app. It's really quite exciting when it lights up and also quite embarrassing if it lights up in the middle of a meeting. I still haven't found the perfect app for me to help me get fit and lose weight. And believe me, I've tried a few. Uh, One of my favourites was a dance app called Organic Dance with lots of choices of of short, sort of quite motivating dance routines. But I suppose I focused a lot more recently on on sort of well-being. For quite a long time, I've used the Calm app that perhaps many people have heard of or even used themselves. And uh, there's also a very, very simple one called Breathe, where you know you're just sort of focus on your your breath and calm down as a result. Several people I know use Bloom or Ten Percent Happier, and then recently I just found a really lovely one that I'd like to use a little bit more often called Seven Minute Chi, as in um, Tai Chi. It's it's beautiful and really really lovely. Then with things like organization. I still use Evernote. I've used Evernote for absolutely years now to organise my thinking, my notes, just recording ideas and and also everything from uh, the internet that I want to capture. There's also a great one called Miro, which you can use with a desktop or on your phone, um, a collaborative kind of mind mapping boards. I still use Notability a lot. Uh, I found it absolutely fantastic for organising all my information for my masters. And then there's so many others that I use, uh, you know, motivation to keep up with my Italian. So hopefully when we can return in the summer, I use Duolingo every day. And weirdly enough, I know in the talk I said that I was not one for competition or leaderboards, but uh, I keep going every day to try and keep on a particular level or, you know, you can advance to the next level. And it's, it's, it's really quite motivating, but it's something I just want to keep going. I think I'm on a 220 day streak at the moment, so I'm not doing too badly with that. 
other things I suppose that we've focused on as a family um, because of the pandemic and, and not being able to travel home are things to do with health and, and well-being. Richard and I both use the HeartWatch app quite a lot uh, to track just general things to do with exercise and, and heart rate and so on and also with the, the sleep app. Things like that just are, are really helpful for us to check in with each other each day. There really are so many tools that have come out. If you could do another L2 talk right now, what subject, topic, issue are you finding that you're passionate about at the moment? Just recalling all the L2 talks over the many, many years that I've been going to Learning 2, it's interesting to think about what would I do a Learning 2 talk on now. Um, having done two, <laughs> quite many years apart from one another. It's quite daunting thinking about what other one I would do. And I think it has to be a topic that you feel super passionate about, that you want to get that message out to the audience and, and I guess to the world. I'm just at the process now of trying to finish my master's thesis and it kind of builds on the first Learning to talk that I did about visualisation and, and sort of sketch notes. And it was, it was the first time that I actually presented in a very visual way and it's it stayed with me all this time and I still bang on about how important visuals are. And that's really threading into my thesis on how visuals and visualizations can uh, impact on memory. And, um, you know, when students use visuals included in their retrieval techniques. And so I suppose it would be quite interesting to look at that change in how visuals and um, brain science um, are advancing in education. But I think perhaps the area that I'm really, really passionate about follows a workshop that I did at Learning 2 in Tokyo. And it's about being an introvert and how being an introvert in a classroom or as an adult in education and how we really struggle on a daily basis and how our students you know, get through the day in quite an extrovert world. And I suppose I reflect back on how I was at school and how education has changed so much. We talk a lot and we, we hear a lot about uh, diversity, equity and inclusion, and it often seems to be focused on gender or race. And I would love to see more work on inclusion and awareness of the struggles that introverts deal with. You know, things like confidence, communication and collaboration, which often dominate the classroom experiences every lesson, every day, leaving them anxious, exhausted and overwhelmed. I see this for myself in my students. I see it for my my own being in a, in a school context and also for my son. The same goes for neurodivergent students as they struggle for their day. You know, how can we be more in tune with their needs and respect and honour all students and adults we work with. One of the things I've always thought is, is really how well do we really know each and every one of our students and our colleagues and how can we help them to feel part of the class, respected and listened to and understood. That probably sounds quite serious, actually. And it is, it is. It's a serious part of some students' everyday occurrence. But looking back onto the talk again and, and that of my family, motivation and communication and collaboration is really so important, even if you are a closet introvert like me, especially during these difficult times. I mean, 
How would we have coped during the toughest times of the pandemic without technology to keep us connected and motivated with one another? As an introvert, we often shy away from group collaborations or or, or big group meetups online. You know, that often conferences and, and workshops can really put us in quite an anxious state of mind. But during the pandemic, I think I, I realised that communication and and that that connection with other people is is actually really crucial. It's difficult, I suppose, that we we need people. We need people to talk to, to reflect with. We need that connection time. One of the greatest things that came out of the pandemic for me um, was connecting with my friends that I grew up with, those friends that were just a huge part of my development as a person. Um, and they still motivate and, and encourage me today. So it's those Zoom meetings, you know, the Google chats with our colleagues, the WhatsApp groups that just keep you heard and, and motivated, just sharing ideas or problems. I can't imagine a better better place in which for us to become motivated. I hope you find the best ways to be motivated, organised and engaged. Thanks for listening to me. As you can tell, Nikki's passionate about learning herself and bringing that to the learners in her world. She mentioned several topics there that are certainly worth exploring further. Maybe she will have a future L2 talk. I recommend following Nikki on Twitter, where she's actively sharing her ideas and connections. That's our episode for today. I want to thank Nikki for taking time to reflect back and share her thinking here with us. Look out for more podcasts from Learning Too. Thank you for listening to the Learning Too podcast. To learn more about our offerings, head over to learningto.org or follow us on Twitter at Learning Too. Until next time.